Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Big thanks to everyone who checks in every single week, listens to the new interviews uh, at the various places. We put out new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So whether you're listening at uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from, always appreciate it. And if you're not, do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all of your favorite artists, uh, discover new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Again, wherever you get your podcasts from, just type in Kyle Meredith with and hit subscribe. We'll take care of the rest. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking with Allison Mosshart. She of The Kills, she of The Dead Weather, and she of now solo fame. In fact, it's her first official solo single. Not her first solo track, mind you. But with a new song called Rise, it does sort of launch a new phase in her career. The song itself, while written a, a few years ago, as she'll tell you, is it's part of Facebook Watch's series called Sacred Lies. And she's going to break down the history of the song Rise and how it applies to the TV show and all the different incarnations that it's been used on uh, within the series. She'll also give us the details on the B-side called It Ain't Water. This is a song that's much more recent for her. And both of them 
includes self-shot videos. That's a that's a new obsession for her in her career, something that uh, she's taken on uh, more than a hobby, I would say, during this uh, quarantining. And further along with the lines uh, of these songs right here, as I mentioned, it's her first single in the solo career, but not her first song. And a lot of these songs, these solo songs that she's released through the years, have been part of films. In fact, it was only earlier this year that she was part of the Turning soundtrack. She had a track on there as well. So we're going to talk about uh, what pulls her to work with film and TV and what she gets out of it and how that affects how she actually writes a song. And then beyond that, I mean, the girl is busy. For, for it being sort of a time where everyone's locked away, she's found a way to launch like a dozen different uh, projects all at once here. Uh, last year, she released a book called Karma. But Karma, it's uh, it's about her obsession with cars. Uh, that's going to get a re-release this summer. And then there's going to be a companion piece to it, uh, a spoken word version that, as she says, uh, quote, weird shit inspired by the book. So we're going to get into that as well, uh, especially the voices that she likes to make uh, and, and use. And if you're a if you're a fan of the kills, you might remember some of these voices from the uh, early days of their releases she used in between tracks. And speaking of the kills, yes, they are working on a new record. She's going to give us the update there. It says Jamie has about four songs in the works, so we're going to hear what that's uh, what the, how that's coming along. So let's jump into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Allison Mosshart. Hi, Kyle. So you, you got this song called Rise, and it's a powerful song. It's really awesome. First off, just to hear you anytime, we're all big fans. Uh, I love hearing what you do. But uh, this one I know is kind of a little something different and something special. It's, um, it's, it's for a show on Facebook called Sacred Lies, but it's not r- written for that, right? Right. Yeah, the Rise I wrote in 2013. I wrote it a long time ago. And um, when I was asked to write something for Sacred Lies, I read the scripts and was, at, you know, told kind of the vibe or what they were looking for, the kind of feeling they wanted, you know. And I remembered this song. I remember I had it in my big list of songs. And I went back and listened to my demo version of it and sent it to them, and they loved it. And so that kind of prompted um, their character. I never needed to record it for them. Their characters ended up doing their own versions of it, you know. And then a couple months ago, they, they asked if I would mind recording it so they could play it in the final episode you know at the end of the show and um that was great because then I got a chance to go into the studio and do my version of it the way that I saw the song so that was really really fun here we have it (laughs) this song from 2013 suddenly recorded in 2020 you know one of the things I've read you say about it anyway was that you know you you had to kind of give it to them in a way that it could meld into different genres if it needed to which is a really interesting thing when you when you think of a song, you know, that, that, you know, just about any song, I suppose. And, and we've heard, you know, bluegrass versions of heavy metal songs at this point in, in rock and roll life. But but when you're yeah. coming from it as the artist point of view, what exactly does that mean, you know, in the in the writing side of it? Well, you know, I think some songs work or better lent to that. You know, stylistically, it was pretty much just like a simple blues song from which you can take in every direction that you would like, you know something with a strong melody and then you can sing it any style or any key um, with any instrumentation. So I, it needed to be like less of some crazy electronic drum beat kind of, you know, art show piece <laughs> and more of just a, a blue song. So, so that, that's, that's where it started. And, and then like a song you can sing without any instruments. So it needed to kind of sound like a classic song, almost like a lullaby or something. And their versions of it do. It's really interesting. I heard a bunch of them, and it was 
it's so bizarre to hear your own song being sung in lots of different ways like that by different people. It's cool. It's, is it fair to call it an empowerment song? I, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really empowering song. It feels good right now for this to come out. I, you know, obviously when I did it at the time, I never knew what was coming, but I wrote the song for myself all those years ago because, uh, you know, I was really missing someone. Things were really bad. I was trying to believe that there was light at the end of the tunnel, but it's applicable to anything. And, and I, and I think that's the beautiful thing about music and songs is even with my own songs, uh, you know, the amount of years I've toured them and in different days you play them, they mean something else to you. They mean whatever you need them to mean in that moment. They work. And the same with everyone else's songs. When I hear them, I think they're about one thing. They're probably about something else. You know, once they're unleashed on the world, they are they are what whoever you need them to be. Well, I got to say, your style and the style you've given this, I, I thought it was uh, uh, at least a little bit funny because even when you're showing support in this song, it sounds menacing. Like that's menacing support that's coming through there. Yeah, I, can't, I just can't help that. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's a cool song. And I know this isn't, you know, there, there is a flip to this too with the B-side with It Ain't Water that's about to come out as well. What can you tell me about that track yeah. right there? Does it, because it's written uh, much uh, more recent than uh, than Rise, right? Yeah, I wrote that in 2019. So that's a new song. And um, I really liked it. That was a song I, I was in a room in LA and just kind of wrote it in one fell swoop, you know, from beginning to end. It just kind of fell out of my mouth and out of my hands. And it was always a song that I just sang to myself. I always just sang that song to myself. If I was stuck on another song, if I, you know, felt like I couldn't finish something, I was like, no, 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 you can't finish things. You finish this. It's a whole complete thing. And it was my little reminder to myself for a long time that would get me out of a situation of not knowing where to go with something. And and I always I always loved it. And I, and I played it for Lawrence at Domino, and he loved it too. So, again, it was really exciting to get to go into a studio and realize that song. Um, take it out of that realm of just me and an acoustic guitar in a dining room it was really exciting. And working with Alan Johannes was a dream. I oh, yeah. love his work so much. What a dude. So he's recorded with everybody, produced everybody. Mark Lanigan, Green, PJ Harvey, you know, all my favorites. <laughs> it's so interesting. He walked into the studio and he had this backpack and he was like, I brought some percussion stuff and he opened it up and I swear to God, it looked like some he collected in the forest it was like weird sticks and bizarre instruments i'd never seen before leaves actual <laughs> leaves on a stick and i was like what in the world you know i'm thinking i've never i don't know what any of it was it was all like shaman stuff and then he goes in and like lays down just the most simple you know rhythm track using leaves and they're flying everywhere, and but they sound like it, it's so cinematic. Suddenly your brain is like seeing, you know, 500 people march through the woods. You know, that's what it sounds like. And it, I mean, it was awesome. I can make fun of all of those crazy objects all day long, but damn, they sound better than anything else. <laughs> it was like, he blew my mind with all of his crazy stuff. Blew my mind. It's a, you use that cinematic uh, phrase there, which you know ties back around because while Rise is being billed as your first single, it's nowhere near your first solo song. In fact, earlier this year, you'd released I Don't Know. Uh, and speaking of cinematic, I mean, that was also for a film with uh, The Turning. 
And that seems to be something that you've kind of fit in. That, that's that been kind of a, a, a groove for you in the past, right? With teaming up with films for these moments. Yeah, I love doing stuff for film and TV because I, I think of songs very visually always, more than anything. And I suppose that's from being from a visual artist background, you know, songs are colors and shapes and dark and light to me. And they have like whole scenes play out. And I think it's kind of how I write. So I love that challenge of somebody needing a certain thing. If I see a scene or if I know what's happening in that moment, like what that character might be thinking or what it might feel like or what the walls like need to be painted in, you know, I really like working on stuff like that a lot. And I've been lucky throughout my career to be asked to do a lot of that stuff. So no, this is definitely not my first thing I've done on my own. It's just the first thing that's properly been released on Domino. It's cool. I mean, I'm really glad to release it. That is a song that someone can buy and I got to do artwork for it and make videos. I mean, every kind of creative process and the entire building around a track. I love doing it all. I love it. I love every part of it. So it's been really fun doing these two songs. And and I'll point that out because you did, you made the video for Rise, which was a a really cool. And I've read about you kind of teaching yourself iMovie in just a few days to do that. I'm assuming you're also going to be doing that for It Ain't Water as well. So I did it right after that. (laughs) I was on a movie making kick. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait for everyone to see it. I really stepped up my game. And then after that, after I did the second video, I was like, you know what, guys? I've graduated. I'm getting myself Final Cut Pro because <laughs> iMovie is a nightmare. It's a true nightmare. It was like every, every question I had, every single thing, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the tutorial, which is just not something I do. But I have a new sense of patience in quarantine. And I would watch all these tutorials, and literally every one of my questions, the answer would always be, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so... I got Final Cut Pro, and the answer is always, yeah, you can do that. You can do so it. I'm having a lot of fun. And, and I'm guessing <laughs> you have to be more creative on this video, uh, or you had to be more creative on this uh, It Ain't Water video, too, because at least with some of the footage from Rise was was already in existence. But did you have anything going into It Ain't yeah, Water? I didn't have anything going into it. Um, that video is really conceptual. It's quite beautiful and quite cinematic and um, completely different vibes in every way. Whereas Rise has a thousand billion edits, It Ain't Water is almost, you know, one, there might be like one or two edits in it. So it's a really, it's a performance. I, I can't wait for it to be out. Well, I'll ask you about a couple of the, the funny thing about, uh, funny thing about your career right now is while everyone is stuck inside and, and trying to keep themselves busy, it really seems like I've had like a pick of a dozen topics to ask you about. So it doesn't sound like, you know, you're... You're having too much <laughs> no. trouble, you know, finding things to do. But it, while this isn't exactly recent, your book that was released last year in short press, uh, Karma, Karma book, uh, is being re-released, right? That's coming out this summer? It is. It's coming out in August on Third Man. They they, they do book publishing. And um, I'm so excited for that book to come back out because I only did an original 500 copies. So it'll be really nice to make that available to people um, on a large scale. And then I also did... At the end of last year, I recorded a spoken word record for that. So that will come out at the same time, which is less like a spoken word record and more like just weird shit recorded uh, (laughs) that's been inspired by the book. So it's really very strange. Um, But I was right off the bat quite bored of reading right away. (laughs) Just reading into a microphone didn't dazzle me. So it became a whole different kind of sonic sculpture that 
I'm looking forward to coming out. We'll see. Because yeah, you're doing voices on this, right? I, I keep hearing you talk about these voices yeah. that were. What, what, let's hear about those voices, really, because I want to know. I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. I don't know. I used to do this all the time. I don't know if you know, like the like early Kills records, there'd be these little snippets of like me kind of talking in characters and edited together and sort of coming up under music or being interludes and stuff. And I always used to do that when I was in high school and college. I would record all my phone conversations. I would record myself having fake conversations with myself in different voices. And and this really was an extension of that. And I had such a good time doing it. I mean, it was the most fun thing to do, speaking in different voices and different accents and playing different characters and adding weird sound effects and you know, half of it's like the tracks are like 30 seconds long, you know, so they're just these like weird little blasts of crazy. And then they move right along to the next thing. So, I don't know. Now, now I'm obsessed with making mini videos for these things. So that's what I'm really obsessed with doing right now. Um, so there's a book, then there's a record, then there's I hopefully a ton of little experimental art videos, you know. We'll see. That's kind cool. of, I just, for some reason, that whole karma thing in cars, it just never wears out for me. It's a project that just keeps on going. So I like that. Do you ever, have you, you know, I, I know this is probably far in the future at this point, considering, you know, how the world is, but, but do you envision you ever putting together, like, uh, I don't know if a, a solo show is the right word, but, you know, where all of your projects come, you know, at the same time, where you've got the movies and your, you know, solo performances going? Is that something you see happening? I mean, that would be really cool. I think that I need to get together a lot more work video wise that's kind of this is now like a new adventure it was paused like somewhere in my mid-20s and now I'm getting back into it like 15 years later so I don't know now I feel it's funny I started I started doing videos where I was editing between three VCRs and three televisions you know with wires going everywhere and cameras plugged into everything and really doing like really making movies like you would make a fanzine you're just like with some scissors and cutting stuff up and that's kind of how I've approached this because that's the way I know you know although I have all this technology now at my disposal I still feel like my brain is editing in that way so I think it's interesting there's places to go with it but yeah it'd be great I mean I don't feel like I'm at that point where I need a retrospective yet I have so much to do (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a lot, but I'm just excited about making new work all the time, you know. I'd like to make another book soon, and I'm trying to figure out what that's going to be. I have a few ideas, and I'm in the middle of writing a Kills record. So I'm finding the days are too short in quarantine. I'm, I, there's so much stuff I want to do, and um, I'm really trying to make good use of this time by exploring things that I probably normally wouldn't have the time or focus to. It's really been been cool so far but yeah it's a it's an opportunity i think that's been given to a lot of us this moment to kind of figure this stuff out like that yeah and i also feel lucky that i don't you know i'm not homeschooling kids right now i don't have a normal job that i can't get to i'm not you know it's a different i think for an artist or creative person that's used to holding up in a studio for 15 20 hours at a time and never speaking to anyone this is not that um disorienting but you know at a point it is and there's definitely a different energy and there's definitely a different thing. This is always at the forefront of your mind what is going on. So um, it's, a, it's a challenge to like push through that. 
you know. Uh, I'll ask since you mentioned it there too, because you you have been saying you're working on the Kills record. Are you are you able to say are you you know is it far enough along where you kind of get a sense of what that's going to sound like, what we can expect from it this time around? No, I couldn't describe it to you. I know uh, there's like four songs that we have kicking around right now, and then Jamie has a whole bunch of stuff which I haven't heard because he's very secretive and private about that. And he wants things to get to a certain point before he plays them to me. So I know about the ones that we've worked on together and we're really excited about. So we've got a really good start, you know, Um, but he's doing so much exploration and so am I. So I really don't know how it will come out. I always hate to say before I've got all of the tracks and I'm listening to them all the time and then thinking about how are we going to record these? What instrumentation should we use and developing that idea? So Right now, I would whatever I would say would one hundred percent change out of all recognition. <laughs> no, I completely understand. Yeah. I, I will say that uh, that cover of List of Demands that you guys did, you know, back in the, I think it was twenty eighteen, couple of years ago, was so good. So yeah. you know, if it's if it's any kind of continuation from that, I, I'm I'm obviously all in anyway. But yeah, yeah, I mean that song is just so great. You can't mess it up. It's just so Saul Williams is a genius. Absolutely He's so good. Yeah. That was really fun to do that. I would have a conversation with Saul. I'm like, Saul, where the hell do you breathe in this song? There's no room to breathe. It's just like full blast lyrics the whole time. And I had to slow the song down so I could actually do it. You know, I was like, it is absolutely impossible to get all these words out. I don't know how we did it. So that was a really fun thing to have to figure out. You know, like doing like breathing exercise <laughs> to get through it. <laughs> I love what you do. And again, I'll bring it back around to this uh, this new single, Rise. It's such a powerful song. I- I'm glad it finally saw the light of day. I hope there's more in there like that, you know, that you've got sitting around waiting to, to come out too, because uh, I'm interested to hear where you take, uh, especially these solo cuts, uh, as well as, you know, what you got got going on with Jamie. Yeah, well, thank you. Me too. I'm excited about it all. I can't wait for the next one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And then I'll get to make a video. And then, and then, and then. And then. Allison, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate this. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, too. All right. Take care. My thanks to Allison Mossart. Again, this new solo cut, Sacred Lies and the B-side, It Ain't Water, and plenty more on the way where that came from. Now, the last time uh, I talked with Allison was back in uh, 2016, uh, when she and Jamie stopped by uh, Louisville for a show during the, the Kills tour behind the record Ash and Ice, so I thought I would include that interview here. We talk about the, uh, the album, Ash and Ice, the disillusion of guitar music, also Broken Bones, part two of Kyle Meredith with Allison Mosshart of The Kills. With a new record Hello. called uh, Ash Hi. and Ice. Ash yes. and Ice. I, I don't always ask about the album title, but that one's cryptic enough that got me curious. Is well, it's cryptic a... to us as well. Yeah? Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it does. It means, you know, like, <laughs> really, I, I, was right, I got this mixing desk and, and it made me write all these songs. And I, I had tons and tons of things that I'd got and I had to name them all. Mm-hmm. So you kind of keep coming up with working titles. And I just ran out of ideas, really. <laughs> and, I went, I, and I put my cigarette out in my drink. And, I, and it was like ash and ice, that's good. And then it just kept sort of becoming something, didn't it? Just gradually became, yeah. started having more meaning. I mean, us. it's a really good title. It it's probably kind of needs a, a better story at this point. But you know, I'm going to think of one. <laughs> yeah, okay, we probably right. need to work on it. Well, there we were, and our house burnt to the ground, and uh-huh. we were standing in this, on these ashes. In the middle of winter. 
Yeah. Seriously. Like Something like that. <laughs> so then we moved into an igloo. Yeah. It's a crazy good record. It, it really is. And it's, Thank you. you know, for a band who's... Because, you know, I know it's it's always been the concept for you guys to do something different every time. And that's yeah. going to be exhausting, by the way. Like, that's... I hear every band say that. Not every band. I hear a lot of bands say that. You know, like, we never try to repeat ourselves. Like, that's kind of a line the bands use, but... That's not always really what happens with most bands. Just feel like sometimes well, it can't happen. I mean, you work really hard for it to happen, and at the end, you're like, "Damn!" Yeah. But the, <laughs> you know, that is it is the struggle. And making I making another record. I like those bands that don't change as well. You know, mm-hmm. like you know Nick Cave. He's found his thing. And sure. Just, or, or like yeah. um, the Cramps. You know, it's just I, I love bands like that. Like you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it was just um, I'm not confident enough in that, and, and I'm, I'm not. I can't sort of concentrate you know, on on one thing, yeah. especially with guitar music now, electric guitar music. Which you've talked a lot about your disillusion with where the guitar is. At the, at the I moment. mean, I like a lot of guitar bands. I like the sound of guitar, but it just seems I just think it's you know why is it that hip hop is just going crazy right now yeah. like groundbreaking was the cr- freakiest weirdest stuff I mean it like stuff like Future mm-hmm. and like Kendrick Lamar is just like come on you know and, and R&B alternative R&B is going crazy places this has been a conversation that I've and been having guitar so much music like, yeah. it's like uh, still sounds like either Nirvana or the Rolling Stones sure, right well, there was because because there were two things happening. That's the way I saw it anyway. Like there was the the '90s comeback. Yeah. And so everybody right now, you know, is, yeah, is, which you, I'm a fan of doing that chunk. I just, which, you know, there's a difference between what I want to hear and what I want to play. Well, what really kind of caught me off guard about like where you're talking about where uh, where hip hop is and uh, and even pop music is. Usually the musical movement always came from the underground. You know, it was the Nirvana yeah. or, or wherever. It was, it was always the underground something. And this time it really feels like it came from the top. Because, you know, you go back just a few years ago and, and once you start seeing Jay-Z and Beyonce start experimenting and it yeah, gives a license true. to everybody else, you know, it's like... And, and now pop music becomes the thing we're looking at it going, yeah. oh, cool, this is the new movement. This is... Yeah. It's true. it's true. And this is, seems to be where maybe you guys are borrowing from or at least being inspired by. Or, you or mean what? by bigger things like pop music? Yeah, with music. this record, I guess. Like, I do hear yeah. that. I hear that going on I do on with too, this yeah. I mean, I, it's sort of long been a... I've been fascinated with this, uh, this, you know, styles of music and styles of production. And they kind of keep to their own camps quite often, you know. Like, it's rare to hear a sort of... I can't think of a guitar record. This is the kind of record I wanted to make, mm-hmm. like a guitar record that has like Lee Scratch Perry production. Right. And I know Lee Scratch Perry worked with The Clash and all that, but it doesn't really, he didn't really do that much in the end. They didn't use all, all the, you know. Uh, but I just, I, I sort of wanted that kind of dub production on a guitar record or, you know, take a R&B production and put that on a sort of blues record, you know, and just, I, so do you guys go into that record then thinking like, I mean, is it, a, is it usually like that? Is it like the concept or whatever, even the sound, like we have to shoot for this? Because you guys write separately. Yeah. You know, so to meet in the middle with the sound, do you have that or does it just end up that way? It kind of ends up that way through lots of pushing and pulling because we both do write songs and then I bring my songs and they're always polar opposite end of the spectrum of the type of things Jamie's writing. So 
the kills is really the combination of like jamming those two things together and finding some sort of jamming them together <laughs> without I jamming i was thinking of a beautiful no sort of gilded bridge you know uh-huh. rather than just right. a hammer and a trying to hammer them together this is a thought out architectural structure that bridges me and you see there's your poetry right there that's, that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. the poetry <laughs> Uh, well, so I bring that up. Lyrically, is there also the idea, like, um, you seem to be working double time because of the dead weather and this. I mean, not at the, maybe not at the same time, I don't no. know. But, but, but like, it didn't look like to be the time off for you on that. Like, that wasn't much, no. Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, lyrically, is there time to go, these, uh, do you have to live to find the inspiration? Mm. Or do you have to just sit down and think of, a, you know, I have to the idea? I write a lot, so you know those things. Those two things didn't clash. You know, when it's time to write kill songs, I'm writing a lot of kill songs, and um, and I wrote a bunch before that dead weather thing. So we had a lot to work so you had banked. and choose from. Yeah, it was a little banked. And I have to ask, you know, we've been talking about. The, I know you're talking the story a lot about, but the finger, man. Oh yeah. Like the the story about you broke your finger. Well, I used and to have this scary. thing called trigger finger, which means like, oh no. This doesn't move, you see. But in the mornings, my knuckles <laughs> yeah, would too, lock buddy. up. <laughs> my knuckles would lock up, and I'd have to go. Well, they'd lock, you know, like pull them apart. Yeah. Because they would just stick. And so I started having cortisone injections in my knuckles, which I don't advise. It's the most painful thing ever. I've had cortisone. It is very. In your painful. knuckles? No, not. I had oh, my knee, but I, just, I get it. It's the guy, you know, he's. I used, I used to leave bite on some leather. Yeah. And he would just like I'd have someone holding me down, and he'd and like. It was just horrific, and then, um, and then I slammed it in a car door, yeah, and and crushed the end of it. And in his wisdom, my hand surgeon was a bit gung ho, and he was like, "Let's do cortisone." <laughs> he injected me with cortisone and a mixture of all this. I mean, I've heard it was like a one in a ten million chance, yeah. But I got this deep bone infection and lost my tendon. Oh. Aren't you it. special? Congratulations. Yeah, well, then they got, I got a tendon transplant, and I can do that now. Yeah, right. But that's, that's, I mean, did it, if you couldn't play guitar, would there still be a kills? Because yeah. that's kind of what this is, yeah. it seems like, I Yeah, guess. I might need to get a little bit better at my <laughs> instrument. No. As long as I'm sitting somewhere nearby, it's, it's still, she's the kills. Yeah, really. so it was never even a problem that you thought, like, I, it, maybe you were in. It was I a scary, think, scary problem, it was. It was ter- no it, you know, but it's sort of, I was, I, I, what, well, the thing I discovered most was that I was really, I'm really, really positive. I never for a minute was kind of worried about it really. Yeah. And then the, the only time really that I got thrown was when I saw everyone else's faces, you know, mm-hmm. and I could tell that I was probably not being very realistic and everyone looked really worried, you know, that I wouldn't be able to play guitar again and it seemed like there was a time where it seemed like maybe we were winding this thing down, and I was like, whoa, no. Yeah. And um, so I just sort of committed to buying a load of studio gear, because I just thought, I'm going to just be a one-handed producer, <laughs> going to chain her into the studio, <laughs> play some, yeah. Um, but as it turns out, guitar's easy to play with, with, that, with this finger missing. Nah. Well, once again, the 90s got away with it all the time. I mean, all you need's couple power chords and you can get away with it yeah and i think you know you kind of you find your style around all your uh, you know little hindrances and mm. disabilities yeah. like a you know 
there's been a lot of great guitar players with him, with no hands. No, <laughs> <laughs> like well, you know, Django Reinhardt, he right. had one and a half fingers or something ridiculous. You can be a drummer with no hands. You know, you can, yeah. you can pull that off as well. So. Yeah, but a drummer's not really a musician. <laughs> He said it. He said it. <laughs> I noticed that on our tour on our tour book. Did you see that? It said like Johnny, drummer, Scott, musician. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Yeah. There's a song I wanted to uh, I, I did want to bring up though, uh Hum for You Hum for Your Buzz. Hum for your buzz? Yeah. Um it's great. It's it's like a I got it written down here. It's like the cent I mean it is the center of the record. You put it right in the middle, but it, it actually feels like the centerpiece. This like palate oh. cleanser that you nice. it's so perfectly slotted in there. Is this your song? I'm, I'm yeah. catching by the look in your eye and everything. I'm going like, me going it's like, you! <laughs> but it's, just it's also the different song on the record. We and almost started the record with it. We toyed with that, yeah. that idea. But then we weren't sure what people's sort of concentration span for whole albums is anymore, you oh. know? Because it just felt like it would be such a nice start and then suddenly the rest of the record's not like that afterwards. But, um, well, I guess that's what I caught from it, that it was an album move. It was, you know, yeah. it, it was the arc or, or whatever, which is nice and refreshing, and I would expect nothing less from you guys. <laughs> is it the first... It's the first song on the um, B-side of the vinyl, isn't it? On side two. Don't know. So I haven't, don't have it yet. No, I know. I have a digital. There's no B-side. It's Yeah, we, no, yeah I <laughs> it's mean, it's funny, because I... I when we were sort of con putting, conceiving the art, you know, the artwork and the record and everything, Alison was constantly thinking in terms of vinyl, you know. Mm -hmm. When we were doing a track listing, she was like, I think side two should start with this. It was like, whoa, <laughs> side two? I don't think of it like that anymore, but... And then we got thrown even more because it ended up being a double... So we've got four sides now, I mean, double vinyl. That's really confusing. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to hold that in my hand. Um, and I should bring up, um, not that it's worth bringing up on my part, but the 14-year-old in me, of course, when I first heard doing it to death, I chuckled. I chuckled. Why? It's like, it's because, you know, in middle school, that would have been the sexual thing right there. It's like, really? oh, you did it to death. <laughs> really? We're and finding out new things about yeah. this well, When I heard time. you guys talk about, you know, the, you know, going for pleasure too much, you know, until it doesn't be yeah. I still thought that, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, well, wow. I never heard that, but... I mean, it was just really... Oh, yeah. I don't think I should be too proud that I'm the one who brought that up <laughs> <into> the first <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. Not one of my better music journalist moments right no, now. No, I mean, that's really interesting. Someone else said, like, oh, I liked it because it was really tongue-in-cheek. And I just thought, well, it's not really. It's <laughs> like, what? I didn't know what they meant. Well, it's a hell of a great song. Thank and it's you. a perfect first single. And I do love Ash and Ice. And thank you so much, both of you guys. Thank you. Dropping by. Welcome. It's a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, and you. good luck on your year. Thanks. Thank the kills. You. Ash and Ice. Alison Mossard with Jamie Hintz right there. Again, that interview back in uh, 2016 from that kills record called Ash and Ice. And again, thanks to Allison for the uh, the recent call, the new single, Rise. It's out now. It's got that B-side, It Ain't Water as well. Thanks to you for checking out the series. Uh, again, before you get out of here, if you're not a subscriber, I do hope you, you hit that so you can keep up with us. All the new interviews, there's a new one uh, released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover new ones and know what's happening in the music world. Again, you can find us wherever you get podcasts from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. 
After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me on just about any social media platform, all the major ones anyway, at Kyle Meredith. Please follow along. And, uh, and that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.